my name is Raf. I am playing Grinna, a barbarian human, uh, running from his past as an ex-soldier, now turned mercenary. Hey everyone, I'm, I'm Jared. I am um, playing the character of Luther. Uh, he's a Dampier. Uh, he is a fighter that specializes in firearms, a bit of an investigator, and I am the great, great, great uncle of uh, Grinna. Hi, I'm Jacob. I'm playing Tithla, the Goblin Ranger. Uh, she is a wonderful hunter and medical genius. Hi, I'm Haz. I'm playing uh, Theodore Ursa, the satyr druid, who's a kind of a, a charismatic druid who's unwillingly taken Tifla un under his under his wing as she's followed him through the, the forest for the past few months. Hi, my name is Josh. I am from the Roll Together RPG stream, and I will be playing Killian Maxwell, a half elf warlock who has come to Barovia. He was with the party previously but has lost them and has joined up with the Tempest on their adventures. G'day, I'm Tom. I'm playing Jonal, the Asimir wizard. Um, he is on the pursuit of good and evil, finding out the best and worst in this world and he's doing that with a little bit of naivety and optimism. And I'm Owen, the dungeon master of our Curse of Stride campaign. A warning, gentle viewer. Curse of Strahd is a horror-themed Dungeons & Dragons campaign, which means you may hear adult language or adult themes throughout this episode. Hello! Hello! Hello, everyone! G'day! Welcome, everybody! And a crisp g'day from Tom. <laughs> nice! <laughs> that was good. Crisp. We Just should use g'day more. Why aren't we leaning into our Australian uh, vernacular more? It is disappointing. G'day, mate. Join us to the Lost Archives faster than a cat of a hot tin roof. Truth, mate. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Lost Archives. It the is... full-blown Aussie campaign yeah. next, please. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've talked <laughs> about it. Return of the Drongos. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Curse of Drongos. <laughs> oh. Curse of Ipswich. Could be good. Oh. Okay. Um, we'll we'll <laughs> yeah, work on this behind the scenes. Don't worry. We'll, we'll we'll work on this. This 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 there's gold here somewhere. We just have to find it and workshop it a bit more. Probably out west. Probably out west. Welcome everybody to the Lost Archives. It is wonderful to see all of your gorgeous faces once again. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, you will have not heard a, a full chorus of hellos uh, joining me uh, for the uh, the hello hello at the beginning. And those of you who are watching on Twitch and on YouTube, you'll be able to see that we've got uh, only two faces visible at the moment. We do have more than that playing with us tonight, but we have had a, a spate of cameras. Uh, well, one, one camera not on and two people running late. So I am joined by Haz and Tom. Jared is also here. Uh, however, Jared may, may be afflicted by sunstroke and um, we want to give him a chance to fully recover after being outside for, what, nine hours in a 32, 33 degree day? Uh, roughly about that, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So, uh, and we got so in that time as well, so it's... Uh... The yeah, bomb is in the middle of nowhere with no shade. You know that, that was sort of what got us. <laughs> that's uh, that is that is definitely was, less than so, I did. The one that's so annoying is though, is that like it was the only spot on the whole track that someone could get bombed, and they just and had they, to go around it. They decided to try and go through it fast, and they got bombed. Oh my god! It was that's it just... was actually it was quite impressive. It was it really was. There was nowhere <laughs> if else. If you weren't so angry, you would have also been impressed, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, no, Josh, hello. <laughs> Josh is here as well. Hello, Josh. Perfect timing. We've just done our hello, hellos. Um, and hello, hello. Perfect. <laughs> I'll edit it in. Uh, welcome, welcome. 
we we are going to jump into the session. I, I only have a few pieces of fun news. Um, I did manage to uh, successfully procure a new house that is now all organized. It will be unconditional in the next day or so. Um, so in uh, mid to late Feb, the background behind me will change. There will be a whole new recording studio with soundproofing, uh, very graciously provided by Haz, who bought too much soundproofing and now has some spare. Uh, I will be I will be using that soundproofing as well as some soundproofing I have of my own. I'm going to have a whole light up background. I'm going to have a shelf with all the lovely books that we use. There's going to be a whole new setup coming very, very soon. So I'm super excited to share that. Um, if you wanted me to do a bit of a, uh, a quick like behind the scenes tour of the new setup once it's all ready to rock and roll, let me know because I'd be more than happy to do that. Maybe that could be like a little behind the scenes uh, YouTube short because we haven't, we haven't been doing enough of the YouTube shorts. We need to do some more YouTube shorts. Um, I've got to be great, but yeah, I am. I am going to be moving house, which I'm very, very excited for. This has been a lovely house, but it is time to to have a uh, a, a properly set up recording studio, um, minimizing the sound of of dogs occasionally barking, cicadas letting me know that it's now 7 p.m., um, and the occasional cane toad outside my window uh, letting me know that it's it's down and ready for for some cane toad cane toad loving. Um, it's always great when that happens in the middle of stream and you hear rop, 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 outside the window. <laughs> I'm like. Fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for we, sharing, um, Cane Toad. Some of the sites I work on, we have this really cool frog. We call them um, banjo frogs. And I know banjo frogs. Legitimately like when, oh, so you've got them up there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly sure on their range. But um, the sound they do, it, it, I really I really enjoy it when I'm out. It's really, uh, literally yeah. sounds like banjos going off. We should we should probably jump into our session. Um, I don't have any other fun announcements. That was the only other fun announcement I have to share is that... Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be moving into a new space, and uh, I'll take some photos and, and chuck up maybe a YouTube short showing off the little little setup. Um, for those who enjoyed some of the other like random projects, I will also be setting up the three D printer again now that I will have space for it. Um, I will be three D printing minis and terrain again, uh, which will be very very exciting. I'm very keen to get back into the three D printing, uh, and I'll also be setting up the the mead making again too. So I know there's some of you who've really enjoyed the mead making videos. I'm sorry I haven't done more of them. Um, it's just that you kind of need somewhere safe to, to ferment mead, somewhere like temperature controlled, and I didn't have that at this house. So I, I, I've been waiting until I have a place that I can like properly control the fermentation. I will now have that, so I will do more of that stuff as well. Um, and there's also going to be a few more live shows coming up this year, as in like shows where I'll be doing D&D in person at um, events. I also thought maybe I should do some uh, like videos on making the costumes and putting the costumes together, because... Um, I really, really had fun putting together the costume for the most recent one we did uh, at the end of last year. So if that's something you'd be interested in, let me know and I'll, I'll do that. I'm very much a newcomer to cosplay. That was the very first time I'd ever done like a cosplay for that D&D event. I really enjoyed it. It awoke something within me. So I will be doing more of it for any any time we do any dress ups. Uh, I'm, I'm fully in. I'm now 100% committed. So if that's sure the sort of stuff. Can you help you on that front? I know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm You're feeling like him? I want to play an ogre for him? the next uh, live stage. I'm going to go a Shrock. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. The only concern I have, though, the inside of the mask, it's got to be at least fifty percent your skin and sweat at this point, right? Like, oh, dude, it's fucked. Like, okay, the, the inside of Shrock is the only thing more horrifying than the outside of Shrock. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Okay, I might avoid then. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just paint my face green like Jacob did for the for the Halloween special. The first time I wore Shrock for the actual party, I I bought him for. I did both because I figured I'd take the mask off pretty quick. So now not only is Shrock full of Harrison sweat, it's also full of green face paint. So every time I still get 
a little bit green every time I, I I wear the shrock mask. Do you know what though? To your credit, you did actually buy face paint, whereas the one time I attempted to buy paint to put on my body, I bought medium body paint, <laughs> which was not body paint. It was just medium body paint. Just spray paint your face? <laughs> well, I bought it on Amazon and I only read body paint. I missed the bit in front where it's like medium body paint or light body paint. I thought, oh great, that's what I need. I only need like a light coat. I want to like mildly tint my skin. And it was not body paint. It was just medium body paint. So to, to your credit, you're not Look, as much of an idiot I've as I have something there as well, so. Like, how, how am I supposed to know these things? Obviously, I'm supposed to know these things. It's pretty clear. I just had to read the description where it very clearly says, like, yeah. not for placement on anything other than, like, metal and wood. It was it was corrosive even on, like, plastic. It was like, you can't put this on, like, untreated or unsealed plastic. And I thought, hmm, if it's melting plastic, probably best if I don't put it on my skin. Around my not, eyes, nose, mouth. Not Kardashian safe. Not... <laughs> Perfect. That was a necessary joke we needed to get out of there. Brilliant. Oh my goodness. Well, I think we should stop delaying. Let's jump into the session. We left last episode let's on go. a Oh yeah, go. No, no, let's jump in. Let's go. Oh, I thought I thought you was I thought you had something something crazy fun to share and I was I was very excited. Um Oh no, I'm just excited to play DD. And and excited to meet your NPC best friend again, right? Oh, the um, silence. He's just, I, he's daydreaming about Sergeant Gavel. <laughs> yeah. He's just, the, even the mere mention sends Jared into a swoon. He's just unable to process the, the emotions that come with thinking about Sergeant Gavel. Oh, perfect timing, Raph. We were literally just about to do the recap. That is, that is perfect timing. Let me nice. bring your webcam across. Oh, and the only thing I have to say, Jacob is not joining us tonight. Sorry. Um, so I will take control of Tithler. Um, if Tithler is much more quiet than normal, um, you're welcome is all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm a give Tithler an interruption there. <laughs> it's my new favourite phrase. Um, let, us, let us do a recap and jump straight back into the session. Previously on our Curse of Strahd campaign, our series has been following the adventures of the Tempest Adventuring Guild. Theo, Luther, Jonor, Grinner, Tithler, and newcomer Killian, an adventurer from a distant land. Having become trapped within the realm of Barovia while searching for some missing adventurers, the team have been travelling west in search of an escape. Arriving in the village of Kresk after taking a little detour while escorting the last surviving children of the Wokta House to the nearby Abbey for healing, the party have faced some pretty significant dangers over the last day. Firstly, after defeating some monstrous vine blights infesting the borders of the Wizard of Wine's vineyard, the team met with the Martikov family, owners of the estate, and spent some downtime tasting wines. As the evening wore on, the wine worked to help smooth conversation, and the team spent a while learning about the dangers posed by the druids of Yester Hill. After Jonor offered to do a card reading as a bit of a party trick, Jonor found himself making a true foretelling, mentioning a talisman of feather and bone lost in a drowned village. This foretelling seemed to disturb Davian and his daughter Stefania, drawing the evening to a close. While Jonor and Tithla checked in on livestock, Killian helped patrol the property, Grinner connected with Davian, and Luther revealed his family ties to Grinner. The next morning, the team began their journey to the nearby settlement of Kresg, finally finding the time to check in on the Wokta children and seek the medical attention Tithla has required for roughly 20 sessions. While following the path back from the vineyard, the team was suddenly put into a state of high alert, following the sound of a low growl coming from the nearby wooded area. While searching for the source of the noise, the team instead bumped into an old acquaintance, Damien, an elven hunter they had previously travelled and camped with. 
Seeming surprised to find the party in the area, Damien revealed he had been hunting werewolves, and his reason for leaving the team before had been to lead a pack away from the party. After failing to find anything suspicious in Damien's words or behaviour, Killian decided to take a closer look at this individual with his eyes of the grave, revealing Damien to in fact be an undead creature. With this final piece of information, Luther realised Damien was actually Strahd in disguise, calling out and revealing this to the entire party. After some back and forth, Grinner and Killian found themselves taking heavy damage, having insulted Strahd to his face. When Killian spat in Strahd's face, a brief but intense combat broke out, resulting in Killian falling briefly to a terrible bite wound in his neck. Luckily, however, Jonor and Titha were able to calm the situation down, giving Grinner a chance to throw Strahd off with some strangely insightful comments. A bargain now struck. Strahd departed the group, promising to check in on them again soon. Some quick thinking from uh, Titha and Jonor helped to prevent Killian uh, suffering further from his terrible injury, and the team began to make their way closer to Kresk. Um, with all of this having taken place right outside the gates of Kresk, the team found themselves also drawing the attention of the local guard pretty quickly. With a less than warm welcome into the town, led by a group of soldiers and a Sergeant Gavel, a grizzled man with a ragged eye patch over his left eye, the group have had a brief discussion over how they want to proceed next, debating whether or not to head straight to the Abbey or first to check in with Johan Martikov, a contact they had been provided by the Martikovs at the Wizard of Wines estate. Deciding to visit the sorry excuse for a tavern first, before heading up to the Abbey, we left off last session as the team entered Johan Martikov's Inn. That is where we left things off. We're jumping straight back in. As you step through this building house, really, that has been partly converted, the, the front two rooms and doorway converted into an incredibly small tavern-esque sitting room, roughly only four or five meters wide and eight meters long. This, this room is really uh, almost a large hallway and dining area combined into one. The bar, as you step in, is really two massive planks of wood holding up a sawn-in-half log that is being used as a temporary bar. As you step inside, you can see the place is deserted apart from a gentleman, roughly sort of maybe 40s, early 50s, dark black gray hair with some streaks of, of white and gray running through it, carefully polishing a glass behind the counter and stacking it up. There are only five glasses on the counter. The room itself is dark and dingy, a single window letting in the meager light Barovia has to offer. As you step in, the gentleman looks up and you can see that he has a, a very small um, patch of, uh, of black beard on his chin, uh, sort of almost like a soul patch, uh, but a bit rougher, almost a bit more overgrown. And as you step in, he nods, sort of takes a bit of a double take, stares at you and goes, I, I do not recognize you. You are newcomers here. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Come come in. Come in. It has been a while since Kresk had some visitors. Oh, sergeants, your usual, I presume? Yep. Give me the usual piss. Are you here, Mr. Johan? That is me. I am Johan Martikov. Pleasure. Um, is he... The Marikovs were the Wizard of Wine family name, right? Yep. You're, are you of relation to the Wizard of Wines, Martikov? Cousin. 
second cousin. Oh, very good. Um, well, I'll have a... Um, do you have a wine? Indeed, we do have some uh, bottles that have been provided by uh, by Davin. I have a few. If you're looking for a red or maybe a dry white, I can provide. Well, the red would be lovely. Um, while you're busy, that uh, we have just come from your cousin's vineyard. Um, Wonderful. How, how how are the family? Your silence, your silence yeah, is are... concerning, strangers. Oh, are they, they well? are. They are safe, um, but the farm was under attack by some spooky plants, and, well, your cousin Davian is, a uh, he seems a bit depressed. Yes, the years have not been kind to him since the passing of his wife. He has been uh, withdrawn. It is uh, one of the reasons why I have not visited in some time. Seems like the kind of reason you should have to go visit, maybe. I, we tried at first. A number of us did to uh, to get through to him, to, to spend time with him. But um, I think he prefers his solitude, as do as no. many in these times of grief. We've we've made it clear if he ever needs anything, he can reach out. But he can be a bit of a grumpy old man. Well, speaking of which, I believe was it a cog they needed manufactured? Is that what we're going to see this guy? Oh, it's a gear, I, I think so. Yeah. There's meant to be some sort of gear. Yes, yeah, Davian does have a need. He sent us in to see you to um, procure a... What, yeah, what, what does it, John? A, a gear? Uh, or a cog? Or something for the machine? Was I blacked out for that? I don't remember that at all. Well, it's why our dear friend Titzler here was guiding us to come to this, this bar in the first place. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to any of that. That was boring. Nice try, fucker. I, you don't, you don't, it was, it was Tithler, it was Jacob. Was it Tithler? Yes. Yep. All right, let me have a quick look. Let's see, we, let's see if, uh, if Jacob's added any notes in his notes section. We're definitely going for, uh, coming here to grab the, the gear because they need to process the wine. They're doing it manually at the moment and the wizards the wine and quite frankly, it's just, just not doing it for them. Ah, oh, they, so, they said you, they needed a gear for the wine press. Something like that. Ah. Uh, did they mention the size? No, I imagine not, right? Did he... No specific how many, how many different wine presses do they have? Uh, only only one wine press, but there are four gears used to help uh, move the machinery. Two of them are the same, but the other two are quite different. So th three different types of gears required to transfer the, the energy, right? Because, you, you know, gears transfer power, and so you have to have different sizes to make them. Uh, you don't care about this. Um, I'm guessing he did not say which size. Just get it all no, there, there wasn't a size mentioned. <sighs> of course there was not. And payment, he gave you money to provide for me for materials so that I could make three different sizes and find out which one he needs. No? No, he said you'd be able to sort that out. Of course he did. Family, huh? Cannot live with them, cannot live without them. <sighs> I will... I'll put it on credit then. How many of you lot are in this town? How many Mardi Cobbs around? Gresk, that is just me. Oh. You made it sound like you lot are fucking everywhere. Oh, the family have spread far and wide. There are a number of us that are living around the, the place. We have uh, moved out. Uh, we were originally um, in, in Beres, uh, the town of Beres, but uh, ever since it was destroyed and flooded, uh, we have 
had to move to other places, those of us that survived. Was that where um, Davian's wife was, was lost? Yes. Yes, it, it was. Along with many others. You said a flood. What, what, happened? What, uh, what happened in that town? It sounds like it's... Uh, it is a dark story, not, not one I relish reliving and retelling. And a lot of it is not my own story to tell. In, in truth, I was I was a much younger boy at the time. There's not a huge amount that I remember. I'm sorry. Is it a kind of story you need to have a drink to, to share with people? <laughs> Keep it a persuasion if, if... check. <laughs> it's nice. I like that. It's a good call. Ten. Um, perhaps... I, um, but not, not, not today. I don't want to darken uh, the sergeant's mood. I don't care two hoots about you or bearers. There you go. Does a talisman or fe- of made of feathers and bones mean anything to you, Johan? <sighs> you watch as Johan's face freezes for a moment. Smile fixed. A look of panic enters his eyes. Um, uh, talisman of, uh, what did you say? Bonnie feathers? Feathers and bone. No, not not something I I have heard about before. No, no, not not something I would know anything about. Do I even need an insight check to know that he was full of shit there? What's your, what's your (laughs) passive insight? Uh, passive insight, uh, Do you want want to roll one anyway? Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, I, I mean, I did, I did bad acting so that you would know he was lying. Do you want to roll me an insight anyway? Those of you who do want to, just to see what else you get. Jonah, ten for insight. Jo- absolute middle, mm. middle values tonight only for Tom. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, Jonah, not, not sure. Hard to say. It, clearly, there's more to this story, but you're not sure if it means anything in particular to him or whether he's just keeping his guard up with strangers. Uh, Theo, 17. Oh yeah, the second you said talisman of feather and bone, huge reaction. This is definitely not the first time he's heard of that. The emotions, fear quickly swallowed by almost a crushing numbness. And now it's just a mask, trying to act like he was before, but he's overcompensating. He's too happy, too jovial, too joking. He's hiding something, definitely. I do... I do not mean to pry into something you do not wish to discuss. Um, I understand this is a sensitive topic. Davian told us some, but um, but not all. And he's asked us to do certain certain tasks for him. And it's somewhat important that we know, but it seemed too painful for him to share. So if you could enlighten us, I'd, or if you'd rather discuss it more in private, we could you know, come back at a slightly later time and have this discussion. But... You clearly know more than you are letting on here, and while you're within your rights to not tell us, lying to us is well not going to help you here. You watch as he reaches down and very carefully and deliberately knocks over one of the glasses with a little bit of almost what looks like a, a whiskey or a beer in it, and then begins tracing in the water, forming out letters. 
while he does this with his fingers, he sort of shakes his head and goes, No, I, I don't know anything about that. Uh, it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, I, I was probably thinking about closing up soon. Maybe maybe come back um, come back for a drink some, uh, some other time. Uh, but no, it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know what that is. And uh, I'm certain Davian would have no, no part in anything, anything that sounds anything like that. You watch as he traces L-A-T-E-R. In the spilt drink. Okay, well, we're gonna go to other parts of Kresk as well. So if if you need, that works for us. I think our friend Brenner here needs um needs a bit of a stiff drink. He's taken a bit of a clobbering just just recently. How's your um Brenner? Did, hey. It's like a a whiskey or something of that sort. Well, oh yeah. Yeah, that's very that's very kind of you, uh, Jodor, but uh, no, no, mate, I um, I might just have a water, I think. No problem. <laughs> I, I can I can give you a glass of water as you as you make your way out the door and uh, and continue on with your with your travels, fine folk. I, I'm sorry that I could not help you with this uh, this talisman you speak. Uh, sorry, no, this is okay. I un- understand that uh, that not everyone knows everything about every talisman. Oh, of course, there are many secrets, many, many secrets in the in the lands of, uh, of Barovia. Many, many secrets, and, and some One some it is dangerous to talk about. Uh, others free to ask, but some some you want to be careful. Uh, Barovia is a, is, a, is a wide land, a big land, but sometimes can be very small, and sometimes things can be can be overheard that would not be ideal to be overheard. One cannot be too careful, no. It's all right. Your point is. Uh... Crystal clear, Mister Mister Johan. Oh, I, I'm just prattling on nothing to nothing to worry about from me, <laughs> nothing at all. There was something that did pique my interest. Was a, like a mongrel folk or something, something like that. But something about an abbey. Can you can you tell me about that? As you change the subject, you watch as Johan, standing tense and alert. Despite his jovial tone, his body almost locked in this fight or flight mode. As soon as you mention the Mongol folk, you watch as his shoulders relax, his fist at his side unclenches, and he leans a little bit on the bar and lets out a probably a completely uh, unintentional sigh. Ah, <laughs> Mongol folk. Y- yes. Um. That's it's funny. I p- probably should not use that term. I think it is uh, probably insulting. But there are um, people who live at the uh, the abbey, cared, cared for by the abbots, who are um, uh, shall we say touched by a strange malignancy it uh, makes their uh, body exhibit animal-like traits kind of curious is it is that from the the acts of someone you know or just that you know that nature's taken its weird course with them uh it's, it's hard to know we, we the actual cause is unknown but but um mongrel folk uh, should not use that word um the people the afflicted shall we call them uh, if they are to, um, how to say this delicately, if they are to have uh, children with other non-afflicted people, their children are afflicted. It is passed down. Uh, the origins of this, who knows? And obviously, if they have children with each other, they have afflicted children as well. But every so often, a new one turns up, wanders into the village as if drawn towards the abbey. Sometimes family members what? will bring bring family members who are afflicted as well, take them up to the abbey. What do you... 
what do you mean they're drawn to the town? Do they do they come past and have a have a drink with you and have a yarn and then go oh, on? Or they just... Well, most of them have a healthy fear of uh, of people. Um, they can sometimes look bizarre, sometimes almost monstrous, and uh, lesser minds fear what they don't understand. And he gives a very pointed look towards Sergeant Gavel, who <laughs> downs his whiskey, and then looks up one eye, the right eye looking at him, goes, Wander into town in the shadows looking like a beast. Get cut down like one. Pretty simple stuff. Obviously. Do they have people braids or do they have animal braids? Uh, they're called mongrel folk. They've got rotten braids all mixed up and all burned out. Uh, you watch as Johan interrupts. No, no, that is not correct. That is just... No, they, they, are, they are people. They have minds of their own. But uh, sometimes the animal traits can sometimes exhibit changes in behavior to, to the minds and, and changes to the way the mind works. But they are people. They are sentient. They have, they have thoughts, dreams, wants, desires. They are, not, they are not monsters or animals. They are scared, frightened people who have been, who have been uh, touched by something not evil per se, but something that has, has warped them and changed them. They are scared. They do not understand. So it, what makes you say something in you? Oh, go on, Grinner. No, no, you go, Joel. You know way more about this shit than I do. I'm just curious. And the word the word evil drew his attention. I thought it might. What do you mean something evil uh, might have been in uh, in operation here? Uh, that is, sorry, that is my superstition. I've spent too long amongst these country bumpkins. Um, I, I take offense to that. Do not care if you do or not. You drink my whiskey. You have to listen to insults when I hand them out to you. Um, <laughs> there, some I, I have seen many years back. This was in the town of Beres when I was a young boy. One of the other people there, um, husband and wife, they were both uh, afflicted. They gave birth to a, a child who was born without lungs, just gills, and child was unable to to last. That seems cruel to me. That is evil. And there were always whispers, always there have been whispers of this being a, an old curse, an ancient curse that has been around for forever. A sign of a sickness upon the land itself that sometimes seeps into the people, changes them. I do not know about any of that, but I, I do have to say that experience did color my view of this affliction somewhat and it feels to me that it's... anything that affects survival I mean some of these people are, are so warped they cannot walk without causing themselves pain they cannot talk without pain they cannot do anything without pain that strikes me as cruel maybe cruel is the word evil maybe I, I'm probably stretching cruel you're saying that you're not too familiar with the uh, origins of this one but who would be the most um, most uh, oh like familiar I mean, the abbot has been caring for them as long as I have been... Uh, yeah, as long as I can remember, as long as I have been alive longer. Even my father, my grandfather even spoke of the abbot. He's been here for a long time. He's very hard to, um, very hard to age. He looks, uh, he looks the same. Uh, looks, it's hard to judge his age. Very ageless. Well, what he else must would be, you say about him? He must be over 80 or 90 years old at least. He must be maybe older, maybe 100? Um... I have only met him the once. He is a very peculiar man. Um, very odd. 
strange way of talking. Not, not, it's not something that is familiar to me. Uh, most of us assume that he is an outsider, uh, one of the people who come from other places, drawn in through the mists. But, um, uh, I mean, others who have come here, people like yourselves, travelers, uh, do not recognize him or where he has come from. So, wherever he is from, it is not, not somewhere people come through from often. He has never said where he is from? No. No, never. He's never once mentioned it. He is hard to, um, hard to talk to, to get straight answers out of. He speaks, uh, I don't want to say speaks in riddles. That sounds like, uh, uh sounds like such a, um, such a, a said thing, such a, a common phrase, but, uh, he, he does sometimes speak in riddles a little bit. It is hard to, hard to know what he is saying sometimes. If we were to wander up there, is that going to do us any harm? Is people that walk up there, do they come back changed? Um, I mean, uh, most most people who who have gone up who are not uh, afflicted um, have come back down with no no ill effects. I, some of them have come back changed. I, I saw one group who um, uh, they had suffered a, a terrible injury. Um, the arm had been uh, had been withered back to almost a stump. It looked like a um, like a skeleton hand. Uh, covered in like this black, like charcoal crisp. So it was weird. Looked like a horrible injury. They said an, am- uh, an amulet they had touched, uh, some sort of item that they had pulled from a, from a grave. Obviously, don't take things from graves would be my advice. But they, um, it had caused some terrible injury to their arm. They went up and came back with uh, the arm fully healed. It was uh, it was remarkable magic. Uh, the abbot has always been uh, one who cares for those who are, who are sick or injured. Um, but sometimes people don't come back. I always assumed it's because they were beyond saving or maybe required longer care. Can I, I'm gonna, the reasons for coming and not coming back, I wanna see if he's got anything he's got in mind. Mm, I reckon that'd be maybe Arcana or Medicine Check, hey? I reckon either of those would be a Okay, for sure, for perfect. sure, yeah. Insight from Grinner. Grinner. Sounds a bit off, but then again, like in battle, sometimes people go to the medic's tent and you don't see him again. Pretty normal for combat. Like if the injuries are bad enough, sometimes people are beyond saving. It's just that simple. Uh, Jonor, 17 for insight, 20 for arcana. (laughs) Jonor, powerful healing magic is just that. Like the description of this person with the cursed limb as you sort of reflect on what magic could be used to heal that, I mean, you're looking at spells like lesser restoration, maybe even greater restoration would have been required. Depends how bad the curse is. So whoever this abbot is, he is definitely a wielder of powerful magic. Powerful, powerful magic. Which does seem a bit odd if people with injuries or sicknesses can't be cured by it. I mean, if he's got that much powerful magic that he can restore some people, why can't he restore others? Odd. Mm. There's an incongruency there. Something doesn't quite make sense. When you say that he has it aged, or does it look like he's... What age would you put him at? If oh, not I would have said... Well, no, that's what I was trying to say. It's very hard to age him, uh, to, to um, put, put an age to him. He is... I, I mean, sometimes in some lights, I think he looks like he is, like... 30 or 40 other times he looks old like 70 or 80 but his, his skin there are, there are very no there are wrinkles he has no hair no beard no hair just balls like um 
don't think he has any hair at all, actually. Uh, it's very hard to age him. Just looks like a... Well, yeah, I mean, he's the abbot. Yeah, right. Well, I suppose we should probably go say hello to him and get Tiffler all fixed up then, right? Yeah, I'm pretty hurt. Tiffler tugs on your sleeve. Tiffler, you are fine. It is, um... It is Killian's that we are more worried about at this point, so, um... You just come along. We'll, we'll if... If there's time after we've seen the abbot and get Killian fixed, we'll see if we can get you fixed too. Ah, uh, well, that sounds fair. That's only fair. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make sure we look after well, people who are injured. Gotta do our best for them. Well, um, Johan, it's been great talking to you. Hopefully we'll uh, talk to you uh, later. And, um, yeah, look after yourself. Yes, uh, please feel free. Um, once you have dealt with whatever business you have at the uh, Abbey, getting getting healed, things like that, it'd be my pleasure to see you again. Uh, please feel free to, to come by. And uh, if, perchance, I have not opened yet, uh, it, is, it is maybe early or maybe late, and I have not opened the doors and you can't get in, um, sometimes I like to take uh, a walk down towards the pond, uh, just down near the edge of the, the, the southern wall. So if you can't find me, maybe you come back early or late. Maybe I'll be there if you if you want to yeah. come join me for a, an evening constitutional. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a great day. We could do that one. I sometimes like to fish there, or go for a walk, or just contemplate things. Sometimes I like to talk to myself too. What the fuck you doing? Ah, oh, just if you were interested. This is a nice nice pond to walk around. All right. All right, let's get, um, I see Grinner beginning to, to talk again. I'm going to um, say, uh, Grinner, well, you've finished your drink here, haven't you? No, you didn't even have a drink. You're just having a water. That's, well, um, you, got, you got the water, which um, need to discuss that point too. I think it's probably for the trip up. We're going to figure out what's going on with that one. Johan, thank you. We'll, um, we'll catch you next time. Indeed. Uh, well, uh, good luck at the Abbey. All right. Perfect. Brilliant. Uh, as you start to walk out, Sergeant Gavel slowly stands, flicks a gold piece over the counter, oh, yeah. and reaches around and grabs a half full bottle of whiskey and then begins walking out, following along. Are you coming with us to the, the Abbey, Sergeant Gavel? I, I made a promise. On all future gestures? I made a promise. I'm not going to go back on it. Plus, this little one would annoy me. That promise was. Well, right. No, she. Well, you want her to be an excellent companion. We could leave her with you while we go up and see the abbot if you'd like. Why don't we bring him with us forever? I'm, well, I'm not leaving. I, I said, look. Yeah, yeah. If you break a promise to Tisla, you will um, you'll regret <laughs> it. Yeah, I got that impression. I don't make a habit of lying to children, so I figured I may as well come. But only halfway up. That was the arrangement. I come the full way. Well, close enough's good enough. So long as we get close enough, you can point us in the right direction. It's a single pathway up a winding mountain pass. I'm sure you will manage by yourselves. Oh, you'd be amazed. Oh, well, maybe you would not. At least if I get you halfway along the path, there's only two options. And if you're walking towards me, you're going the wrong direction. All right. 
And yet, you'd be surprised at how long that could take our group to uh, to accomplish this. <laughs> I'll make it clear. We've followed uh, a single path for many, many hours before. Come on, damn wasting. And with that, Sergeant uh, Gavelby is leading you down the pathway. Um, it doesn't take you long to leave the village of Kresk. As stated before, the village itself is only about nine or ten buildings. It is tiny. The pathway out, however, is long and winds up the side of a rather steep mountain. You can see the abbey from down here at the very top. Beautiful stone walls and spires rising out from the side of the mountain. What almost looks like a carved out plateau at the very top. Something old, something ancient. The pathway itself was once very well looked after, cobbled, maintained, but not for a long, long time. Parts of it have collapsed, broken apart. Other sections are choked with weeds, overgrown with tangled brushes and tree roots cutting through and splitting through what was once beautiful worked stone. If there were once signposts along this pathway, they have rotted and turned to dust. But the path is clear, and Sergeant Gavel, despite grumbling most of the way, leads you along and up the side. While you are making your way up the mountain pass, it does look like it's going to be a little bit of walking, maybe about 45 minutes or so. What would you be doing during that time, just so that I know? Um, but Gunnar, are, are you feeling all right? Yeah, why? What do you mean? Well, I just, uh, John offered you a, a drink. Um, I've never seen you say no before. Yeah, well... Not that I'm not proud of you and everything, but um, just making sure you're okay. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm definitely... You know, that, that whole thing with uh, Strad was a little bit... I don't know, that, 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 that was... I think that just kind of shook me up a little bit. Uh, the, the, the things he was saying, uh, it, it was a little bit like a really old, cranky mirror, sort of. I, I don't know how to explain it properly. It just, it, it, it was, it, uh, I don't know, it was like looking into my fucking future, sort of. Um, I mean, if that, if that did that to you, then I wonder what it did to Strahd. Yeah, he also seemed quite that old. Yeah, well, but I don't think you have to worry about um, becoming a vampire lord and enslaving an, an entire demiplane and being kind of a douche to thousands of people. I don't do not see this in your cards. Well, well no, because I'm not going to live as long as him, am I? So, well, if that's the only I fucking mean, difference, it just <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. But I mean, obviously, you have plenty. Like, you're not going to end up anywhere like him. You have plenty of time to become the person you want to be. So I reckon he fought the same thing, mate. That's the problem. Well, I, th- I think I feel um, like he plunged his hands into power and then kind of rolled with. His- from, from their dot. Well, I, 
I don't know. I don't. I haven't thought about it. You know, it's all just fucking happened. It's um. I, I need time to think about it. You know, there, there's lots of shit that I haven't really had had a chance or, or much of an inclination to tell you a lot about uh, about me and, and the, the things that I've dealt with. Um, but let's just leave it and say that there's a lot of things there that. Uh, it, it was it was like looking at a very old cranky mirror. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, and and I, I think I think I've been running away from my shit for too long, and and drinking it away. And I think if I keep doing that and I keep running away, I, I think I just saw what running away from my shit looks like. You feel a hand. You know what? I've... I'm sorry. No, no. Sorry, you go. You go. I'll say in a second. Yeah, it's actually on point. Uh, there's there's one difference between you two I've seen. Uh, you know what? What ghosts march up to the the castle versus the ghosts that linger? Not linger. That's the wrong word. That hang around you. You know, that's two different types. I I kind of I kind of prefer your ghosts. Actually, you can just think about who hangs with you versus who hangs with them. Well. Yeah, all right. So I helped a couple kids and they decided to stick around. I guess that's a, you could call that a point in my favour, I suppose. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's only, he murdered thousands and they stick around with him. Well, that's a valid yeah. point. But see, that's that's my point too, right? Like, he's been alive for fuck knows how long. He's had a lot of time to accumulate a lot of shit and to, to, to give up. I've given up, and if, if that's what giving up looks like, I think I don't want to give up anymore. You feel a small hand on your shoulder, Grinner, and as you turn, you see Thorn clinging to your back, getting a piggyback from you, ghostly oh, transparent form, <laughs> <laughs> holding onto your shoulders, and as you, as you react, he smiles and laughs and tugs on your hair a little bit as he tries to like get himself into a better position to avoid falling off. It's light. I mean, he weighs almost nothing as a spirit. You just feel this kind of like gentle, almost like a pull as if the wind has just tussled your hair. And as he climbs back and smiles, he goes, Grinner, hey. Yeah, yeah, hello. You're making good decisions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I did call you out. How the fuck did you get here? No, no, no. That's the best bit. I'm getting better at... And then he vanishes. You lot, you lot saw that, right? That was no. just... It's, oh, Ellen, did my no. character see him? No, unfortunately not. Only Grinner. Okay. Thorn's still That's practicing. <laughs> Thorn's cool. not quite That's good cool. enough yet. Grinner's just had a breakthrough and then immediately starts talking to him. <laughs> Can we just see him rambling, basically? Well, I mean, you know that Grinner has two ghosts that kind of semi-haunt him. I mean, and occasionally Grinner does talk to them, and you can't see them. So I, I'd say at this point, how many how many times have you spoken to the ghosts in front of the gang? At least three times at this point. Yeah, yeah probably it's, around three times. Yeah, Is this becoming like times. a habit where we're sort of a bit more... We just sort of accept it now, I imagine? Well, I mean, you've seen them. You occasionally have seen them. 
in combat when Grinner has been raging and has channeled some of the some of the the, the abilities of the um, the ancestral path, you've seen the children appear in that fight in um, Valaki against the vampire. The two children, I think, they even you even manifest them and helped like hold the vampire steady as you punched him in the face. Like yeah. you've you've manifested them now a couple of times, visibly and invisibly. So. I mean, at this point, it's pretty clear. I mean, you, and you guys were there when Grinner saved the two children. He saved Rose and Thorn. You, you know, it is. You know who it is. All of you know who it is, except for Killian. Actually, Killian's the only one who doesn't know yet because Killian's not seen them. Fuck these ghost children. Yeah, oh, Killian, Killian, you've seen the ghosts on occasion, but I don't think there's been a conversation about it with you around. Actually, to be Just fair, totally actually. accepted it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Might be a good time to ask if you were curious. I mean, Killian has his own issues at the moment <laughs> that might trump it. Yeah, he's like necrotic and dying. Yeah, that's why he's not said a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, well, his blood's corrupted, and then not to yeah. mention his whole party. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. I think Grin is probably just going to lapse into troubled silence as he's trudging along, and he's probably chain smoking more than usual at the moment like literally chain smoking it's <laughs> a good question how much tobacco would you have with you because you haven't bought any since arriving in barovia no he hasn't I and that... just like legolas arrow quiver nope yeah the never it's not dog end. it's not always um, just pulls a dog in behind his ear it's always <laughs> Yeah. Are we are we it's doing like end. a a knobby knobs from Discord where any cigarette that you have immediately becomes a dog end and then lasts indefinitely as a dog end until some indeterminate amount of time has passed? Look, um, do you know what? I'm happy to rule that. There was a certain amount of knobby knobs involved. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> big fan of uh, big fan of Discworld and Terry Pratchett. So happy to have a bit of a knobby knobs reference. Yeah. In that case, let's say for sure. Um, I mean, you've got you've got about twenty or thirty dog ends just in a pouch at your waist whenever you need. <laughs> just on tap probably some still tangled in your hat too you've got that sort of soldier's cap in the lining there's at least another three or four squashed flat cigarettes that you've rolled who knows how long ago but no they can't be infinite there'll be a finite number and i think grenade is dreading the day that they run out do you want to do you want to roll me a d100 just so that i know which day it is that they run out okay just for my own benefit do you, you don't want to roll below a 10 on this. For it. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! A one on the D one hundred. That is I've that is. Never seen so I've, I've rolled a one hundred. Yes. And I've rolled a one. Yes. On these fucking things in yes. one campaign. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, before we were saying it, it is not this day. Grinner, as you reach for a dog end, you pat your hat, there's no dog ends there, you reach down and pat your pockets and you pull out a few papers. There's no tobacco in them, it's just the empty cigarette paper. In patting down your pockets, reaching around, there's, there's none. And as you pull open your tobacco pouch and quickly check inside, an errant gust of breeze catches the last few flakes and, and they just vanish over the side of the cliff on your right hand side disappearing into the uh, the depths below oh fuck uh, <laughs> uh, J- Jodor uh, give us your tobacco mate give, give us your tobacco <laughs> wow smoke what are you talking about <laughs> it is 
It's the... Anybody? I've got some herbs you can have, Grinner. Oh, fuck. I didn't think that was possible. That's a run out of tobacco. Well, you have been you have been smoking a lot, like more more than usual. You probably should cut back on that. Oh, I immediately want to have a drink. I'm not gonna, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I need, uh, maybe the abbot's got something. He better maybe someone in town's got. All right, first six first. Heal this lot. Okay, you can do it, Grinner. Just got to get out the hill now. All right. <laughs> I imagine in Grinner's mind, keep running up that hill, running up that hill. <laughs> um, as you, you as you, you start having a, a good berry, would a good berry help? Good berry might work. As you as you begin, you smoke a good berry. Can you smoke a good berry? Maybe if it was dried. Hmm, question. Before you do that, though, from behind you, Sergeant Gavel coughs and splutters a little bit and as you turn around Grinner you watch as he hastily tucks a cigarette behind his head <laughs> oh no you fucking don't you're sharing mate no, no, that was not part of the bargain well I'll, I'll make a new one with you what do you need my tobacco well I need that too <laughs> how badly I'll fight you for it I'm not no. <laughs> I would throw you off this cliff in a heartbeat, boy. I scare off bears. It does. That is a fact. <laughs> what, what, what would you pay me for my tobacco? Oh, uh, uh, fuck. All right, he's going to start rummaging around. Um, I'll give you... Um, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you a uh, tinderbox. No, I need that. I need that for this cigarette. Uh, I'll give you... <laughs> uh, <laughs> hold out a torch. A torch? It's well, good for... Why would, I, why would I want a torch? But, i got a lantern right here. Not some savage who needs to set fire to a twig every time he needs to see in the dark. Can I punch his lantern? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean... I, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna punch his lantern. Roll me an attack. <laughs> Go on. What is this? What have you become? Well, I mean, it's Grinner, let's be honest. One breakthrough every few sessions is enough. 19, 6. You punch the lantern, the strap immediately breaks, the glass lantern at his waist that was sort of hanging off his hip rolls and shatters on impact with the rocky stone terrain, with the cobblestones that you've been walking up, and as it drops down the inner mechanism that was used to help tamper the wick just pops and you watch as this lantern oil spills out all over the ground immediately soaking into the dirt you watch as Sergeant Gavel just stops his mouth opens wide, he looks down at the shattered lantern, looks up at you and goes my grandfather made that with his own two hands it looks like you need a torch now Vin <sighs> deal's off Find your own way up the fucking mountain. With that, Sergeant Gavel turns and begins walking away. Well, I really thought that would work. <laughs> How did you possibly think that would work? Well, I, you just well, broke Superman's stuff. Yeah, well, I did. Now he grab 
parlayed it for him. It's just a fucking lantern. Oh, oh shit. All it's right. still his lantern? I'm going to pick his lantern up. I'll fix it later. Oh, Are you sure picking up all the tiny shards of glass or just the mechanism? Just the mechanism. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> you can add broken lantern to your inventory. Oh, I feel like a bit of a dick now. <laughs> Journal's going to walk over to... As you're reaching down, grabbing the bits and pieces you can, Journal's going to like squat down beside him um, and sort of like say quieter to Grinner, don't you, don't you really need that tobacco? <laughs> Thanks, Journal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. What, you say I need to go after him and get it? Yeah, I'm, whatever, look, I'm just, I'm just letting, uh, just trying to articulate the things you might need. I mean, as, as one of the major forces of good in this group, I, I, I trust you and your decision. Do you think I should go get that? Uh, I mean, if it, if it helps you stay composed, then... Maybe maybe a different offer. Can I money. roll an insight check? <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, this sounds a bit sus. <laughs> I think that's Has Jonah been possessed by some malevolent forces? Like... <laughs> Uh, that's a nine, Grinner. That oh, sounds like can sound I, advice. Can I, yeah. can I argue that because this is so left of field and unlike Jonal normally, yeah. can I argue for advantage? Hmm. i tell you what, I'll get Jonal to roll a persuasion check. We'll do it as a contested because uh, I think that'll be a fair way to do it. Jonal's, Jonal's not the most charismatic. This might be a good roll for you. It is. You got a two. <laughs> oh, shit. Jonal. Um... Here's the here's the sitch, Grinner. Mm. I mean, Jonal's bringing up some valid points. You don't have tobacco. You want tobacco. Gavel has tobacco. They're all valid points. Jonal brings up all three of them, and together they form a very rich tapestry of of uh, <laughs> guidelines of how to behave. <laughs> but there is another thing. There's another fact that penetrates through your alcohol deprived skull at this point, which is. But what am I going to have to do to this man to get it? Is the trade-off worth it? Because I've just broken his lantern. Am I going to fuck him up as well just to take some tobacco? Which, to be perfectly honest, there may be some at the end of this 45-minute walk. That extra fact does slow down your your thinking process at that point. And it is that point where you realise that is uncharacteristic of Jonor to suggest such a thing. Jonor! What is going through your head? What's your, what's your, what are you kind of thinking here? With a two on your persuasion... Whatever it is, it's not very successful, and it is kind of transparent. What, what what are you hoping to kind of like? What are you leaning for here? Are you trying to study uh, study some good and evil? <laughs> I was curious what Gruner would would do. Yeah, just <laughs> 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 start shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a scientist. <laughs> I was curious how the ants would respond. He had to a hypothesis. He, he had a method. He's testing it. Yeah, exactly. He, this, he's got to test the null next, so we'll see how that goes, where he convinces you to do nothing. But no, but he's, just, he's curious, yeah. Just Jonor seems a bit curious. Hey, crouching down there next to Jonor, yeah. as Grinner's picking up the mechanism, I think Grinner's just going to look him in the eyes, frown at him for a minute. I, I think I, I do need tobacco, mate, but I think I fucked that bloke's day up enough. 
Yeah, that's that's a fair point. It's kind of sad that his that was his grandfather's. Maybe we can speak to one of the blacksmiths or crafters in town or another town to fix it up for him. You know, there's there's many ways to get around it. Yeah, I think it's probably going to have to be another town, given that this one's literally just a pile of fucking sticks. But we'll we'll see. Tiffler, can you fix this? You got nimble little fingers, don't you? I'll give it a go. Oh, no, no, I'll give it a go. No, yeah, I'll give it a go is not exactly filling me with coffee. I've got nimble fingers. Well, you might have before they got all crispy fried. How about we get up the top of the hill and just see what happens? It's okay if you don't trust me, Grinner. I'm, I'm often being underestimated. Well, yeah, yep. Grinner stands up and starts walking up the hill again. Uh, as you continue the rest of your walk without Sergeant Gavel, the last sort of 15 minutes does begin to get quite cold as the pathway begins to lead you up to a more exposed area of the mountain pass. The trees around here are capped with snow and there is a light dusting of the almost like a a soft white powder, very, very light snow um, across the ground. You can see sections between the cobblestones where it has melted and refrozen, forming icy patches, but the pathway is not too treacherous for the most part, um, with all of you kind of keeping an eye on each other and making your way up the pathway, even with uh, Tithra a little bit injured and uh, and Killian uh, a, a middle a middle bit injured, a medium bit injured, um, you are able to make it to the, the edge of the pathway without too much further incident. As you emerge from a slightly denser patch of forest, ferns crusted and partly frozen with a dusting of ice across their leaves. As you pass out through this dense patch of forest, the walls of the abbey rise before you. From down below in the valley and the village of Kresk, they looked pristine and untouched. But up close you can see time hasn't spared the abbey either. The walls are crumbling in places, large cracks breaking through the masonry, the stone in some places having shifted and moved probably as the ground has frozen and thawed, uh, changing the, the, the surface of the, of the land around it, causing sections to, to slump and to rise. A large gatehouse stands at the very entrance. The wooden doors closed shut, easily eight, nine feet high, made of this very thick, solid-looking timber. But you can see where age has rotted away at the wood as well. The joins look weak, the nails rusted and partially protruding. This place seems to be in the process of slowly decaying away. I pass over to all of you. That is what you see from outside the gatehouse. How, how is it that you think such a grand abbey came to be out such a outside a shitty town like this? Well, it probably wasn't a shitty town when it was here. It doesn't look like there was many abandoned buildings or or anything. It's um, uh, there looks were. Like it's you, you, you could see signs of where the village once had been larger, but had been uh, destroyed or, or overgrown. You could see the the stone remains of what was probably once large townhouses just crumbled and, and fallen away, uh, reclaimed by the the briars that form the edge of the the palisade wall. I think I, I didn't describe it this episode, but I, I think I did last episode. But yeah, no, the, you definitely got the sense that Kresk Kresk is a town that was once. Maybe not too dissimilar from Valaki. Bit smaller, but not too dissimilar from Valaki. Now yeah. it's dying. Is the architecture of the abbey the same as those dilapidated buildings? Rinna, could you please make me 
I'm going to say this is a history check, please, to see what oh. you know of masonry. I'm so good. It's, it's a shame, shame there's no dwarves in the party, because you would have advantage on this roll, because it is stone, and you have advantage <laughs> on any checks with stone. Killian. Yes? Hello. You looked really excited about the stone check. Oh, I, I was really excited about what Grinner rolled. 17. That is an exciting roll. Me too. Maybe I wonder if you're going to be like, oh, my dad was a dwarf. I have uh, I have partial advantage. <laughs> 17, Grinner. The stonework doesn't match any of the architecture you've seen in Barovia. In fact, it doesn't match any architecture you've ever seen before at all blocky in places sweeping and organic in others it's almost like a hybrid blend of clearly worked stone like hand worked stone and pieces that had to have been shaped by magic the flow the motion in the stonework on some of the statues and, and what probably were once gargoyles along the top of the the crenellations too precise and too alive looking surely to have been carved by craftsman's hands yeah very very different the closest I could say you've ever seen was if you've been through uh, Oxenfurt back in Nostea if you've been if you've been through Oxenfurt the Oxenfurt Historical cool. Society one of the large organizations that uh, uh, organization of archaeologists if you've ever been past their guild hall one of the statues on display out the front is not too dissimilar to the gargoyles. That very organic, flowing design. Not too dissimilar. I think Grinner would have paid any attention to that. Yeah, but, I doubted it, but I figured no, I'd you, you're busy insulting people for falling asleep on their watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you fucking nerds! Old stuff's boring! Would have been Grinner's <laughs> contribution to the field of archaeology, right? <laughs> if Pretty it's close. so great, why'd it get buried in dirt, huh? Exactly. But this place is—it's uh, not like down there. Uh, look at it. This isn't built the same way as those ones down there. I don't—I don't think this is from the same town. But they're right next to each other, which doesn't make sense. But it, it's that this isn't from that. Well, that isn't from this. If this was crafted by magics, and maybe this place, this abbey, is not from Barovia at all. Well, you can't just pick up a building. Come on. They picked us up and put us here, one of the building. I would also add, along with large sections of the Durst Manor, you might remember yeah. when you came through, most of the basement of the it, Durst Manor was pulled through with you. Yeah, <laughs> when you landed, like. I think most of the basement, along with sections of the walls, some of the staircase had been pulled through with you and deposited onto the field just outside the village of Barovia. Well, that's um, pretty interesting. It is kind of made by magic, perhaps. I'm just going to have a little bit of a peek as we keep on walking up here. Um, it, and Jonah is going to um, take a moment to compose himself. Uh, utters a few magical words, does the somatic moves, and um, his eyes then have a, a gold like contact lens like thing um, appear on the front, and he, yeah, can cast a magic. Brilliant. As you begin concentrating, casting the spell, the golden light filling up 
and shining from your eyes, almost like a beacon of, of light and holy energy as you begin staring across the stone uh, walls and across the gate. The faintest, faintest traces of magic still remain. This is old, old magic, Jonal. In fact, that you can detect this at all is incredible is a sign of maybe how strong this magic once was or a strong a sign of how strong you are becoming ever since your dream taking control of the future you've had these sudden glimpses almost like this insight maybe this is what's allowing you to see these faint residual traces of magic but yes Grinner's assessment is probably right. This looks like it was partially constructed by magic, but more importantly, you can see the scars on the land around where this was deposited. This abbey was not built here. There's tears in space around where this was. Scar tissue left over from an enormous amount of teleportation magic used to move this here a long time ago. how many maids that incinerated. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A a lot. Like, the entire staff. (laughs) The help's all gone. When a wizard says he needs his staff to do his magic, that's what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, take the wizard's staff. (laughs) They rush up to get, escort away the maids. Oh, I'm now... (laughs) Pippin, bring them back. I must cast magic, Pippin. <laughs> Grinner, you're actually, you're, you're bang on with what you've said. This is actually not from here. I'm going to said looking at what looks to be the plonked in building, um, the different schools of magic. So the one, if one was teleported in rather than created, I imagine those are two different fields yes. of magic. Yeah, so you can see, so the schools of magic, yeah, sorry, so teleportation magic was used to move the abbey here. It looks like it was constructed with um, what looks like a mixture of conjuration magic and probably transmutation would be the next school. Let me just quickly double check. I'm pretty sure it'd be conjuration and transmutation. Yes, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, more transmutation than conjuration. Other way around, sorry. More, more transmutation, mm. a little bit of conjuration. Chodor. Mm. Yeah. Does it look? Does it look like it was teleported here by someone on this side? Like, did did Strad bring it here, or or did someone inside there somehow manage to get their entire building teleported here on their own? Yeah, it- right. That's a good point. So, how would it? If someone plunked it here, they'd put it here carefully. But if you just, you know, went into warp drive and just plunked yourself some r- randomly in another place, then you'd be whacked into the mountain. So let's let's have a look. Um, surveying the land, does it look like it's just been hurled into the land or placed? Could I grab a perception or investigation check with advantage, please, Journal, as you're still using your detect magic? While that's going on, uh, does anyone have a passive perception of 13 or higher? You better believe. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, yes, I also do. 16 oh, great. Everyone, but, everyone but journal, basically. And not me either. I lied. I oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for coming clean about it. Journal, uh, 18 for the investigation check. Whatever magic was used to bring this place here. I mean, it's an entire abbey. We're talking an enormous church. Three stories minimum. 
stretching back further than the eye can see from this point here. The wall around it is, is massive. This is huge. The amount of magic used, the energy required to teleport this would have been immense. And sure enough, you don't get the sense this was very well targeted. To control, to shape and move the weave to, to your will, to bend the weave to your will to that extent, you're not even sure if it's possible with just the magic a mage could conjure to move an entire building and landscape around it to an exact location. And sure enough, as you look, you can see sections where the wall is actually partially buried in the side of the mountain. Parts of the grounds have clearly eroded away and fallen down the side of the cliff. It's hard to know whether or not it was brought through by someone sending it away or someone bringing it to here, right? Like if someone from another plane banished it and it arrived here, or if someone here brought it here by summoning it. It's hard to know. But you don't get the sense sticking it on the side of the mountain was particularly the plan. <laughs> it doesn't strike <laughs> you as as part of the idea. If, if, if it was, the motives are a mystery to you. And they didn't do a great job if, if that was always the plan. While Jonor is doing this, Jonor having cast some magic and wandered around and gone up to the gates and spoken aloud, all of you kind of chatting, those of you with a passive perception of 13 or higher... You can hear muffled voices talking from behind the gate, the sounds of feet shuffling on brickwork, clothes rustling, and then silence as Jonor moves away a little bit. And then as he comes back, one of the voices again whispers quietly, They're coming, they're coming back. And then silence. Well, what, what is it, Jonah? What, what do you reckon happened, mate? Um, it, so for someone to, to send this here, it's, it's like if you wanted to throw, you know, someone's skull, it's like you sent it across a continent. Like that, you, you just don't have the power to throw a skull that far. Something else surely has to have happened to throw this castle this this far, something this big. Like, it's just... Just ignore my crappy metaphor, and it's there's a lot of magic I took to get this thing here. <laughs> hey, Rob. Um, I thought you went for skull as your as, as, as your point of reference. Like, this, <laughs> maybe maybe we should just, ask the abbots. They uh, was it uh, one of the one of the two people we spoke to earlier said that the abbot has been here since their grandfather. So they've obviously been here a very long time. So maybe they know where it came from. I mean, he's meant to be powerful as well. So maybe he he put it here. Well, uh, yeah, all right. Let's just fucking go ask him then. Grinner's gonna walk up yeah. to the gate and just yell out, "Oi!" Grinner, as you walk up to the gate and yell out, "Oi!" You hear the sounds of like muffled conversation, and then a voice answers, "What? What do you want? Hmm? What do you want?" Can we come here? We got a couple people who've been a little bit hurt. Why you come here? Well, Why you come here smelling good. wrong? Hmm? One of you smells sickly. That's wrong. Well, yeah. yeah, he's sickly because he's sick, mate. That's the whole point of why we come here. We got people who's sick. Mm. Are, are you, you trustworthy? Here? No. No? Yeah, but, but what do you want us to say? Like, who? What, 
Either we are trustworthy and we say yes, or we're not trustworthy and we still say yes. What a, what a waste of time question. There's a muffled conversation. trustworthy by saying no. There's a muffled conversation as two people talk very quickly to each other about potentially what this means, and then the original voice calls out again. Hmm. I see through your cunning, cunning ruse, and I say only a trustworthy person would admit to not being trustworthy all the time. Wait, what? what? Yeah, uh, no, you sure? Uh, mm. I could that? handle you if you proved untrustworthy. You may enter! And you hear the sound of feet shuffling and the gate begins to open. As it does so, you see two individuals pulling the large wooden doors aside. Humanoid, but a bit shorter than most. About four and a half, four foot seven. Uh, what could only be described as strangely and, and horribly misshapen people. One of them, uh, clearly a, a man, squats, wanders on these feet, sort of bent over on each other with grey, almost like donkey-like flesh across his body. He has a wolf's ear on one side and a protruding wolf's snout and fang, but the rest of him looks mostly human. But then you can see that his feet almost look sandy, almost tawny like that of a, of a lion or a, or a tiger. And as he speaks through his misshapen muzzle, you can hear the words getting a bit mixed up and a bit broken. Ah, hmm, see, I can take you. You stand before Otto. All right. Just you're a very fearsome Otto. I would not want to fight you. Ha-ha! To his left is a smaller woman, four foot, seven inches, face and body covered with lizard scales on the left side, and then tufts of canine, wolf, dog-like fur on the right. You can see her eyes, are one of them's bright yellow, like that of a cat, and on one of her arms does look like a cat's paw, but with opposable thumbs. The other arm is lizard-like, only three fingers, dappled with green scales. <laughs> you come to see the abbot? Yeah. We must ask you leave weapons at the door when entering. And not not to look. She holds up a hand to sort of hide her face, pulling the hood up to hide her face. Do not worry, we are yeah. we are not um, concerned by your appearance. I I take on the form of an animal all the time, they're pretty used to it. Otto wanders over, sort of looks you up and down. Theo smiles and goes, You, you, you look mostly symmetrical. Very lucky. Are you here to join the family? Very tall for one of us. No, I'm, I am not here to join the family. I'm, I can get around fine. So I'm, I'm just here to get my, my friends, the small burnt green one. And the bleeding from the neck friend over here. We need to get them healed by the abbot. Um, have a polite chat, and then we'll go on our way. Mm. But it is good to see some other um, um, people, mate. People. Yeah, the people. Yes. What are you looking for? 
people like me. Ah, polite for smooth skins. <laughs> so polite. <laughs> well, not all of you. <laughs> Crispy skin. <laughs> As he laughs a little bit, looking at Tifla. This is not polite to laugh at her. She met misfortune with an oven. We can, we can fix. <laughs> Abbot can fix. Very good. Very good. All right, well, shall we go to see the abbot? Hmm. I could handle you on my own if needed, but mm, you seem somewhat, mm, somewhat easy to handle. Zigfrak, I mean, like, like I said, my friend Hitler, he got beaten by an oven. Like, we are very easy to handle. Well, best not to wonder. You should stay in Abbey. Safe in Abbey. Where else would we go? We are at the Abbey. You should stay. Don't go anywhere else. If Oven beats you, then whew, you are not meant for these lands. You stay here. Safe here. Well, Safe we'll with Abbot. We'll have to once we have to heal, otherwise we cannot, um... I have to get all of our friends home. This yeah, could uh, be home. It is home for Otto. Home to Zegfrek. Yes, Otto, that, that's very kind, mate, but we, we, we don't want to live here. You might change your mind. Siegfried, you, you take them to Abbot, hmm? You want hand? You go by yourself? You see her sort of nod shyly, trying to pull the cloak around her so that you can't see any of her features. She nods hurriedly. Uh, uh, fine, uh, I will come. Gate unguarded, but I could handle anyone who sneaks in. Have you had anybody else come here recently? Mm, yes, a, two guests yesterday. How are they? They are friends of ours? I, I, I assume the, the walkers? Hmm. Uh, boy? Girl? Yes. Hmm? Girl thinks she is a cat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not look like cat. Shame. More beautiful as cat. Not as beautiful as Otto. He smiths his head no, back over his wolf Otto ear. is very handsome. Otto is uh, most handsome. Truly very envious. See, look at Water. teeth. <laughs> and he begins showing um, off his muzzle-like teeth. Awesome. But yes, we about before that? Sorry, many, Theo. many guests come through. Many people see Abbott. Sometimes he help, sometimes he turn away. Anybody who has a large amount of scales and looks like a dragon man? Hmm. Dragon man. Otto thinks he would remember that. Otto's smartest as well. I don't remember dragon man. Zigfrak, you remember dragon? Oh, no, 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 lizards. No lizards, no lizards. No lizards. Sorry. Oh, okay. He said he was coming here. Hmm. I don't know, just go quiet. <laughs> How big? Tall? Shot? Taller, taller, taller than a point to whichever one of us is the tallest. I, I would say probably Grinner. I think Grinner's close to here. the tallest. Yeah. I'm reasonably tall as well. You are, for um, a yeah. Because if you count the horn height. Um... <laughs> I'm guessing Theo does count the horn height. <laughs> it does seem like a... Uh, well, point, you can point, point to both of them. Yeah, they're both, yeah. let's, say, let's say they're both. Because like, you're both over six foot, I think both of you are. Yeah. So, yeah, just point to both of them. I, know, I didn't oh. have an actual figure on it. But... No, Giant. Maybe... <laughs> Big red cloak. Hmm? Yes, and uh, very dark colored scales. Or black obsidian, even. Ah, ah, gemstone man. 
gemstone man. He points to Ziegfrick. She nods. Ah, gemstone man. Shiny. So shiny. Reflective. Pretty. Not as pretty as Otto. Not as pretty as Otto. Hmm. Is he still here? I did not see him leave. He must be. I just start nudging whoever's next to me with my elbow. (laughs) Uh. That is is one of the people you have come to find, no? What is it? Were we we looking for people? (laughs) (laughs) We were originally, but that's why we went to see Durst Manor. So uh, you I, I would... was, was he one of your companions? No, he's one of yours. You, 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 you have a much better memory of him to... than we do. <laughs> you, you told me that you came to Barovia searching for people from your world, and one of them was a oh. dragon man. Yes, no, oh, I do what? remember. Him. I do remember him actually. Um, who I met in Fenric Sage Spa. Oh, that's what you met him, was. of course. Yes, Red uh, Scales. Yes. Red Scales is the one you saw. Yeah, Red Scales, Dragon. Red Scales is the one I saw. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I thought it was black. That's right. Red scale, sorry. Oh, oh, I definitely remember this original name. You said like lizard. Lizard's green. Yes. He beautiful. Gem, gemstone, like like gems polished on his skin. Yes. Gemstone. But man. red, red, he ruby almost, colored, not, not almost as pretty as Otto. Mm, almost. I like his tail. All right, cool. Um, we, should we, we go to the other? Yeah, we need to go there. I, I look over at Killian, who intermittently, between pointing and holding his neck every time he lets go of his neck, I'm just imagining like this. Nah, you guys have mostly treated it for the moment. Yeah. It's just black, dark Icarus blood that forms Strahd's face every time it strikes into a wall or a surface. The blood's like... <laughs> uh, no, um, Killian, you're not actively bleeding right now. Uh, I think Tifla did dress the wound and actually wrap it up. Um, as as Otto sort of smiles and goes, ah, we leave gate unguarded. I take you to take you to Abbey. All right. No wonder. Get lost. Get lost. In dark. Fall off cliff. Woo! What do you mean, get lost and fall off the cliff? Is it not just in the Abbey? Oh no, no, no! You follow. If you don't follow, maybe you get lost. Maybe it get dark. You fall off cliff. But why is there a cliff? We are all in the Abbey. Ah, the walls! Not complete. Over far side. Fall down. Part of Abbey fell too. Many years ago. Okay, this is um the unexpected development, but yes, lead, leads the way. <laughs> ha! I lead the way. I, like captain. <laughs> yes, follow. Follow, Otto. Zigfrak, you yes. take rear. Yes, I take rear. Yes. She falls back. The strange convoy begins to make its way through the grounds of the abbey. The gardens, despite expectations, seem to be very carefully maintained. Hedges have been well looked after, and while the plants look unfamiliar to you, you can see that they are different to most of the greenery that you have encountered while in Barovia. Flowers even bloom in parts of the garden. And as you walk through down the main pathway, it takes you through an area Uh, what is clearly um, an old uh, abandoned graveyard with the gardens built up around it. Stunted pine trees break through the rocky earth around the graveyard and you can see that the north wing of the abbey looms over the graveyard but the windows are cracked. Whatever was 
probably once was uh, probably what was once beautiful stained glass windows. Now it's just the lead frames and occasional jagged sections of glass poking out. Snow covers the land, and you can see old, almost um, uh, almost like partially decayed gravestones rising from this thin crust of snow. And beyond it, beyond that low wall surrounding the graveyard, you can see the ground just disappears. From this vantage point, you can actually see the village of Kresk, probably about 400, 500 feet below you. The view is stunning. But also a bit scary <laughs> from that eye up. As you walk through the graveyard, does anyone have a passive perception of 15 or higher? Yeah, I got, I got 16. I got 16. I'm pretty sure you're the only one. 15. Okay, perfect. As you begin walking through, one of the gravestones does stand out to you. You can see a sun-shaped indentation marked in the center of the grave with roses carved along the borders, forming almost like a wreath of flowers around the grave. And as you look at the gravestone, you can see the name Petrovna, P-E-T-R-O-V-N-A, carved into the gravestone. Otto does not stop, however, as you begin sort of showing any interest in the graves. He goes, ah, long dead, long dead, nothing there. All gone, bones and dust. (laughs) And passes through the rest of the gardens. As you approach the abbey, I will read out what you see. The abbey entrance rises high above the gardens all around it, easily a 15-foot-high wall, joining together what from the outside looked like one wing, but you can actually see two wings of the abbey. The abbey itself is two large buildings joined by a single wing, um, uh, almost like a, a, an entrance hall between the two of them. You can see there are battlements rising high above on either side of the two wings, statues depicting angelic figures rising above, and below them, monstrous figures like gargoyles, pipes, rotted and rusted emerging from their mouths to help with the drainage of water collecting on the roofs. You can see high up on the battlements, occasional figures moving, humanoid but too far away to make out features of any detail. In front, directly in front of you, the entrance hall is walled off by 10 foot tall, reinforced, banded uh, wooden, so banded iron and steel wooden doors. Unlike the gatehouse, these have been well maintained, and above them, a tarnished copper plate marked with that green blue verdigris all over it uh, are words which you read as May her light cure all illness. As Otto leads you towards the front doors, he smiles and points in through the gatehouse. Please come, 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 come. You're not walking fast enough. Come, 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 come. Why are you not fast? Otto, so much faster. <laughs> we, we could not possibly keep up. You're just such a natural athlete, Otto. It is my feet. Clever feet. Clawed feet. I can jump really high too. Higher than anyone. This is most impressive. I can see why you've been put in charge of keeping the whole place safe. Exactly. Otto the best. Come, 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 come. So slow. 
Maybe your injuries slow you down, huh? Hmm? <laughs> As he begins leading you through the, the gates. <laughs> Despite the enormous doors, clearly these are perfectly balanced as only a very light touch from Otto leaning against them is enough to slowly cause them to push inwards, opening up to reveal an inner courtyard. As you enter on through, you can see thick fog fills the courtyard. Around you outside, the fog had started to descend, but inside the fog seems to have almost coalesced. The wall surrounding the courtyard, easily again, 15 foot high, but the abbey was clearly beautiful once upon a time, impressive, a monument to some god, goddess, hard to say, but now it is aged and broken, lost, destroyed by time. You can see from the inner courtyard, there are doors to the north and to the east leading to the two main buildings, the two larger wings that form the abbey itself. In the centre of the courtyard, a large stone well fitted with an iron winch uh, rises up through the mist. So you can see a rope and bucket hanging down from the winch. Along the perimeter, underneath the overhanging wall, you can see stone sheds, several of them, padlocked wooden doors and alcoves that contain what looks like troughs, animal troughs, feeding troughs, water troughs as well. And in the very centre, two wooden posts have been pounded into the stone, iron rings bolted to them. Chained to them is a short humanoid figure with bat wings and large spider-like mandibles on their face. For a moment, the courtyard is quiet, the mist muffling sound. And then suddenly, you hear the sound of screams coming from the shed. Just one, then joined by a cacophony as many voices, some human, some distinctly inhuman, begin rising. Eerie, unearthly, putting your teeth on edge. <laughs> Mad screams. Otto covers his large wolf-like ear, looks and goes, I'm sorry, noisy today. <laughs> I go get the abbot, hmm? What is he screaming, Otto, in, sh- in the shed? Patience. No, I do not have patience for this. If someone is in danger, I must help them. No, no, no danger, no danger. For our own good, keep them safe. Stop them hurting others. Stop them hurting self. Very lucky. Are they like you? No, 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 no. Otto, so much more beautiful. I don't know how to ask that politely, and I don't know if I should just go ahead and ask it anyway, but I don't think I will. Ask question. No, no, no. ask question. Well, you're, you're, you're bits and bobs, right? Are they ah, bits yes. and bobs too? Special. Yes, yes, uh, they are special, like Otto, like Ziegfrek. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, up here, no good. <laughs> no good at all up here, <laughs> as he starts tapping on his head. Well, Not like Otto. Did they go bad or were they bored bad? Mm, he just shrugs. <laughs> All right. Well, fuck, we better get this lot looked at then, I guess. You you stay. Hmm? You stay with Zigfrak. Otto, be right back. Go fetch Abbott. <laughs> Not long. Not long. You stay? Okay. You're yeah, yeah, 
He gives you two big thumbs up, and you can see that one of his thumbs is significantly larger than the other thumb. As <laughs> he gives you these thumbs up, and he goes, big thumbs up! <laughs> and then begins shuffling off towards the front doors of the uh, the east wing. Zigfrek, who's standing with you, you can see her covering her ears as the screams continue, and then slowly, one by one, begin to die off. As Otto disappears, I pass over to all of you. Um... Why would he be leading us to the abbot all of a sudden for us to have to stop here, Siegfried? What? Sorry, so loud. What you say? Why did we have to wait here for the abbot um, when we were already going to see the abbot? Why did we have to wait? Abbot's private study. No one allowed in. Just the abbot working on project. Uh, only Otto allowed in. Not even poor Siegfried. And who is this gentleman with the bat wings tied to the post? Uh, as you look over, you can see it's actually a woman. Oop. Four feet, five inches tall, hunched Solid. over, long, stringy black hair covering most of her face. Like, difficult to see until you've gotten a bit closer, but I mean, you can clearly see spider mandibles emerging from between her lips that have replaced a human mouth. Um, Arms and wings of a bat, so no no human arms, just um, bat wings, and oops, sorry, and rather appropriately, Theo, um, she has a goat's hoof, a uh, goat's hoof instead of her right foot. Very nice. Um, but yeah, what, why is they tied to the post? <laughs> Mazena, she points over at the figure. Mazena, uh, not 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 good, but not good in dark. She is not good in the dark. She she chained herself, chained herself here. I see. Well, she does um, that every night. Every day, and every night, I bring her food. Masena, is it just you and you want food? You and Otto who are not um, in the head. No, there are others, not many. Uh, but tries to help, but she holds up the large three-fingered reptilian claw. And then seeing all of you kind of like take a moment to look at it, she quickly tucks it away. <laughs> takes, takes a toll. Do not be embarrassed of who you are. I don't like people looking. Siegfried, did you, did you always look the way you do or has it got worse over time? Always like this. Always Siegfried. So you popped out of your bum looking like that. Does she look like that? She looked different when she alive. Yeah, right. But not like you, like me. Look different. All right, well, yeah, like, like the others said, uh, nothing to be ashamed of, love. It's just, that's you. you got to own it. She nods and then pulls the cloak around her further, hiding in its comforting embrace. Would anyone else like to do anything while that's happening? You've probably got about sort of 10 minutes or so before Otto returns. What would you be doing in that time? The screaming seems to die down around the sheds. The banging on the sheds begins to fall silent again. The Are there sheds like ones. individual? Um, yeah, there's about seven or eight individual sheds made of stone with some metal on the uh, metal, almost like a corrugated iron-like tin roof, and then banded wooden doors keeping them 
shut. Is there anywhere to see inside them? Not easily. You'd have to go up and have a bit of a look through the gaps in the wood. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. I was no, just no, going to say, go. is there a perhaps a roach-sized gap underneath the door? <laughs> Roaches can fit almost anywhere. Yes, there is. You could fit underneath the door as a roach if you wanted to. I'll, I'll just slowly inch my way over there. Are you trying All to right. hide from Zigfrek or...? Oh, I'm just trying to look like I'm just kind of like just milling about, pacing about, waiting for the abbot and slowly making circles over towards the, the sheds. Cool, okay. While you're doing that, Luther. Yeah, so I'm going to go and um, just sort of rock up next to Killian. I'm going to sort of, after hearing all the screams and stuff like that, you know, that's obviously quite sus. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of go up next to him and not keep it sort of covert. I don't want it to be like out there for everyone else to hear. And I'll just sort of, not sort of stage a whisper. Um, I know that you use an ability, something to detect strata. I'm not sure what it was, but it helped us, you know, sort of unveil him. That ability, would that work here? He's undead. Are these creatures undead? Is that something to check? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm a, I don't know if I can... I, I think I would need to rest again before I could try doing it again, I'm afraid. I'm taking a bit of a beating. Uh, once yes. I've rested, no. I could do it. No, 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 no problem. I, yes. I, you just relax. You've been through a lot, so just take it easy for now. Uh, thank you. Uh, it doesn't... As horrible as the screaming noises are with what we have heard about the people that are here it is not it it's not a surprise to me that we would come across this so um it may not be as nefarious as it sounds i i would approach it with caution and and maybe not risk well, pissing off the people that we want to heal us <laughs> no that's that, that is true unless at least until you guys get healed and then if anything else is going on well we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that then yes, Abbot, let, <laughs> let us get healed first then we can fuck around and find out <laughs> Blood, bloodless coup yeah. <laughs> the number two electric boogaloo <laughs> um Perfect. With that, um, I'll probably just sort of just remain around Killian, but just sort of chill out. Obviously, I didn't want to draw too much eyes to us. Okay, perfect. Seeing those two join together, I'd walk up to uh, Luther, and I'd say the phrase, uh, "May her light cure all illness." Does that um, does that ring a bell to you? All right. So, Owen, does that mean anything to <laughs> Luther? Hello, friend. Would you like to make me a religion check, please? All right, let's do it. Um, because it's with the sun, and it's obviously to do with, probably, or I hope so, to do with Lysander. Would I have advantage on this roll just because it's related to sun? Uh, I would it's have... actually not related to Lysander, so just a standard okay. check, please. Cool. Uh, the, so the, gra the grave had the sun emblem, emblem on it, but uh, the actual Damn. abbey itself doesn't have any other. Eight. Eight. 
as you... I was going to say, I think Jonal and Luther's travels in the past, we've spent long times on the roads and I feel like we would have discussed things of mutual interest. And I did bring up the, the religious possible connection there. Could there be advantage of us both discussing the phrases of different religions and, and gods? Hmm. I would agree. Yeah, go on. I That is a good uh, enough reason. That is good yeah, enough. No, yes, That I makes agree. sense to me, too. Thank you, Jane. We've travelled for a while, actually, yeah. as companions. No, that makes perfect no, sense to me. I like that a lot. 14. Luther, as you look over and mull over those words, the, the, um, uh, the phrase that was engraved across the top of the entrance, does ring a very mild bell in your eyes. May her light cure all illness. You have heard of gods that focus on healing and on restoration. In, uh, I should say, on, on Nostea, on, in, in the plane of Nostea, um, the gods that immediately sort of come to mind in terms of, of healing, um, Arathus, the goddess of civilization and invention, she sometimes has a little bit to do with... Uh, with healing and with uh, recovery, mostly to do with like the understanding of medicine. It's kind of more of a, a uh, almost like an understanding and, and, and learning of medicine. Um, otherwise, the other god that kind of comes to mind as well is uh, Pelor, the god of agriculture, who often is associated with uh, life in that way as well. But a specific god of medicine, not really one that you've heard of. If anything, this kind of rules out Nostea as being the origin of this location. Sounds like a god that, yeah, not not one you're familiar with. But as you focus on it, begin talking about it, thinking it through and discussing it with Jonor. Killian, you're from the Sword Coast. Indeed. Could you make me a religion check, please? Ooh. Oh, yeah, religion is in R. Ooh. 19. 19. Nice. Okay. That's what we that's what we want to hear. As you begin talking through this, listening to the others talking and, and thinking upon it yourself. You have also heard of goddesses associated with healing. A dwarven deity. Sharindla, also known as the Lady of Life or the Lady of Mercy, goddess devoted to healing, a forgotten god, an old god, one the dwarves abandoned a long time ago. She was often described as letting her light heal all wounds. But this is an old forgotten god, one that's long been abandoned by its followers and worshippers. You'd be very surprised if there were any left in Faerun who still worship Shrindler. Um, alright, yeah, so with all that then I'll sort of look at Jonah but, hmm, I'm sort of thinking about it, racking my brain. Nope, not sure where that's from, Jonah. Yeah, I've not come across any of those either. Just some parallels, but nothing really we haven't nailed anything there. I've heard a phrase similar to that from where I come from, so um, it seems it is uh, <laughs> universal, as it were. Or multiversal. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. 
wonder it's at if this we moment. ask him about Sorry. it. Yep, you go. No, no, you go. You go, Jenna. Sorry. Do we do we bother asking him about it along the way, trying to understand the history of this place? We we know that it was teleported in here. He could help us find where it, where exactly it was that it came from, if if it is uh, recollection of uh, maybe of your god or or the god that I know of. Would tell us if it's from your land or mine. Or maybe even somewhere else. Perfect. We'll wait to see how it plays out. As you're having this discussion, Theo sort of making his way towards the sheds. Theo, you get probably within like, I'd say 20, 20, 15 feet of them when the doors to the east wing swing open and you see Otto striding out, shuffling on his digitigrade feet. Following him is a man completely bald, no facial hair, dressed in long flowing brown and white robes. He has a very kind face, but it's very hard to judge his age. His features are handsome, chiseled. He looks quite, quite attractive. You can see his hands are strong, even with the, the robes pulled up slightly over his forearms. You can see that he is quite muscular as well. He looks fit, looks healthy. And as he strides forth with Otto moving in front, he slows down his gait to match pace with Otto, to not push too far ahead of him. And as he sees you all, he smiles, clasps his hands together, and nods to Otto to continue forwards. As Otto rushes up and then bows very deeply, goes, <laughs> The Abbot! As he gestures towards the Abbot. oh the temptation to have the abbot just tear off his robe like it is i i have returned here manus no uh, he doesn't do that um as the abbot walks up he grasps his hands together goes ah welcome (laughs) welcome to the abbot abbey of saint margovia you are um hmm, you are hmm. newcomers uh not sure where you are from not sure where you are from you smell of Faerun as he looks over you, Hillian. Indeed, uh, somewhere you have been before. Ah, a long time ago. Too long to remember. <laughs> ah, it is wonderful that you are here. Please come inside. Uh, you look like you have suffered a rather uh, awful bite there on your neck. Oh. Do you, may I? Yes, and I, I put my stump hand up against it. Or my stump arm up against it, you know, because I'm handless on one arm. Yeah. Hmm. And we could maybe do something about that. Give, give you a hand? <laughs> Sorry. Let me have a look. May I? Yes, certainly. <laughs> oh, also, my friend here has got terrible burns. Could you heal them as well? Oh. 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 Mm. Mm. <laughs> She's supposed to be that color. No, she's usually green, but um, we have taken a little bit to uh, get her here after she has a brush with her oven. I'm a beautiful specimen of goblinhood, thank you very much. Hmm. <laughs> yes, I think, you are. Uh, I, think you all, uh, I think you all better come inside. <laughs> come, come, come. Please, come. Is he leading us to the sheds or back into the room? Where no, no, he seems off? to be leading towards the western wing of the abbey. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not towards the sheds. Please, come. 
this is your shit. This is your shit. This is your shit. Oh, and who shall I put in the pit? Hmm? You! As he points at uh, Tom. No, no, no. Please, come with me. Come. I will uh, I will take care of you. Make sure that you are all healed. Uh, I was planning to make a journey down the mountain to, uh, to the village of Kresk, but I might wait for the morning. Hmm? All right. I just appreciate that. See what we can do for you. You, you mentioned you had been to Faerun, but that implies you are not from there. Where Whereabouts do you come from? Before you mm. ended up here in Barovia. Ah, I remember. Place of golden light. And he just pauses, staring off. Silent. Cool. <laughs> Sounds very Ooh, nice. But- that does sound um, quite celestial, actually. Ah, welcome, newcomers, to the Abbey of St. Markovia. No, I've already said that. Yes, I've already said that. Please, come. I am looking after your injuries. Oh, your skin's beautiful, crispy shade. I wonder if I could take a, a small sample. Um, Is he just a Tesla? Yes. <laughs> no, um, you did not need to take her skin. We came to get her healed, remember? Her, mm. her and our friend Killian were badly badly injured. You said you were going to give him a, a hand? Ah, but the dead skin must come off for the new skin to grow. I will need to remove every scrap of the burnt skin. And for you, that looks like a bite of a vampire, if I am not mistaken, no? Uh, a particularly powerful one, yes. Hmm. I better have a look at it. Come! Come, come, come. I will find a oh, bed for each of you. Can I roll a why did he forget that check? Yeah, please do. <laughs> uh, I guess that'd be an insight check. Yeah, I, I would also like to participate, not for why did he forget that, but more... What up with this dude? Yeah, is he sinister? <laughs> uh, 19 for Grinner. Um, Grinner. This man's yeah. not all here. It takes one to know one. <laughs> this this is a man who is damaged. He is v- odd, very odd, and not just not just odd as in like he is a strange person with strange cultural customs. Odd. There is a bit of that. There's something else too. This this man has a tenuous grip on reality at best. Uh, Theo, natural 20 for a 23. There is, there is one, there is one thing that strikes you more than anything else. This man is not human. This Hmm. man is not elf, dwarf, dragonborn. This, this is not even really a man as far as you can tell. His mannerisms, his way of speaking. This is someone who's trying their best to appear human this is something else. You don't necessarily get flat-out evil vibes, but this is something otherworldly. It doesn't think like you, it doesn't have the same morals as you, it doesn't have the same laws as you, and it's certainly not going to follow any morality that you cling to. If anything, Theo, it reminds you of an Archfey. That would be the closest comparison you could draw. Uh, it's not the best. A timeless, a timeless creature <laughs> that lives by its own rules with different laws, different, yes, yeah, whole different morality system that 
is unpredictable, that is capricious from, from our perspective, from the perspective of mortals. That, I'd say, given given your history and your background, as it says here, Archfey is the closest that you would be drawing a parallel to. But that's more of a analog rather than a definitive. Yeah, you don't think it's, you don't think it is an Archfey, but that's the, in terms of like a, a comparison, it reminds you that element of alien nature, something that is the other, very very different, and is not going to it is not going to have the same concept of morality that you have. That that is something you know immediately that strikes you deeply. This is a creature who is going to do what it wants, when it wants, how it wants, why it wants, and you are not going to be able to figure out. At best, you might be able to understand some of the motive. Best case scenario. <laughs> this this mm. thing is going to think differently to you. It's going to act differently to you. That, uh, that dwarven god that Killian remembered earlier, yeah. was it male or female? I missed female. that bit. Female. Female. Okay. female. As is the there abbot, any, uh, is there... yeah, you go. No, no, you go, you go. Oh, I was just gonna say uh, the abbey itself. Does it have any? I might have missed this earlier. Does it have any iconography as to which god it actually is? To the statues around the top, which are mostly undamaged, show angelic-like figures. But in terms of iconography, there's not a lot there, which is a bit odd and does stand out to you. Definitely. Does... Saint Markova, or however you pronounce that. Saint Markovia, r- yeah. Does that ring a bell for any religion that we'd be across from? No, 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 no religion you've ever heard of as reference to Saint Markovia. In fact, the concept of saints isn't really something in Nostean religion. That's not something that any religions really cling to—the idea of saints or holy people. What about on Toril? <laughs> yeah, you've heard of saints before. Yeah, but you haven't yeah. heard of Saint Markovia before. Actually, tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. Let me be fair. Would you like to make me a history check, please? Let's see if you've heard history. of Saint Markovia. Maybe, maybe a scrap of a legend is filtered back into uh, no, fourteen. Not fourteen. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it was worth a try. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe a scrap of a legend is fed back, but unfortunately, didn't make it all the way to Killian. Um, <laughs> the abbot doesn't pause. He continues marching on, muttering to himself, and uh, Otto sort of gestures behind for you to follow. And then he and Siegfried begin making their way back out the main gate. As the abbot leads you into the western wing, opening the doors up with just a gentle push of his hand, these doors would easily weigh 100 kilos, minimum. And he just gently opens them with one hand, pushing them aside as if it's nothing, and leads you into an enormous open room. Gentle music trickles down from somewhere high above a stringed instrument harp something like that but the ground floor where you are is large 50 50 foot square room arched leaded glass windows all around some of which are still intact showing beautiful um, stained glass window depictions uh, of what almost looks like people in plague situations injuries pox plagues being healed and made whole again as the fresco moves across uh, in the very far wall, you can see a massive hearth, fire burning, warming the room, chasing away the chill of outside, and an iron rack suspends a cauldron above it. Above it again, you can see a golden disc engraved with the symbol of the sun. Polished, perfect, beautiful, but clearly not part of the original stonework. This has been added. 
And as you look behind you into the back corner, you can see a wooden staircase spiral, climbing up to a, an upper level, probably where the music is coming from. While the other corner, on your left-hand side, a stone staircase descends down into darkness. That is where we're going to wrap up for tonight, because I think I want to give this full attention with a whole session as we delve into the Abbey at St. Markovia. So I think um, yeah. I think just just I think when we see the panel with all the pox and stuff on it, I think Killian stops and stares at it for a little while. Yeah, that'd be the yeah. only thing. What would what would Killian be thinking while you stop and stare? Killian's whole thing. He came to. He got he he came to Barovia um, on accident. He was looking for a cure for a disease that had started spreading around Neverwinter. Yeah. So. Um, he went into the Neverwinter Woods and ended up in Barovia with his party. So that's that's sort of his thing. With, with your group of others, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that yeah. would be a pretty confronting thing, right? The idea that you've been searching yeah. for this. This is part of how you got here and here you are in the Abbey. Yeah. Signs and of starting that. as a yeah. cleric of Kelimvor, they were at the forefront of trying to heal the people that were diseased by this yeah. thing. So he, he was proper in the thick of it. So seeing it on state or seeing something similar to it on stained glass windows yeah. is very sort of be very like, hard freeze in place sort of thing while everyone carries on walking yeah no i think i think that and that's a very fitting moment to end on as the abbot strides into the room boldly marching forwards i think we'll come back next episode and get to enjoy that now there is one thing i'm going to say and we are about to start introducing a new recap system as suggested uh <laughs> partly by Josh. Uh, each week, I am going to alternate between one of the player characters giving a recap from their perspective and one of the NPCs giving a recap from their perspective. Um, it won't be every week, but it will be most weeks. So my question is, would anyone like to take the plunge and volunteer to do the recap from their perspective or their character's perspective for next Monday? Inspiration will be awarded to the person who puts their hand up and takes that plunge. I just thought to myself, did I? And then I realised I did and I went, oh shit. <laughs> I was almost tempted to make you do it because it's your suggestion, but it is a really good suggestion and I don't want you to feel like you're being punished for it. If, okay. if, if you would prefer it to be an NPC for the first week, I'm more than happy to have an NPC give a recap for, for this session. I'm in the process of moving house, so that's fair. I'm out. No, that's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> tell you what, tell you what. Let's have a think. There's no rush. We'll figure it out a little bit later. It may be one of you guys next week. It may be maybe just a normal recap, but it's something I'm going to start introducing because it is really cool. Maybe it definitely has to be Sergeant Gavel next week. <laughs> oh yes. Could, could we have it? Could we have obviously if it's going to be if it's going to be from their point of view? Could we have yeah. it as just so we get an idea of what it is you want us to say? Could we yeah, have it sure. as Gavel to start with and then Otto yeah. to finish because obviously they. Yes, I can. Scenarios. I can give you That'd a taste of Gavel's perspective. Ugh, I was trying <laughs> to organize a group of recruits to make sure they were ready to face off against the dangers. Heard some kind of commotion outside of town. Rushed out with those green leaves. Saw some people being menaced by some weird bear, but I chased it off. I'm pretty tough. Weird bear. Some weird goat man walked out from the it's same rock the bear. bear ran into, but probably unrelated. <laughs> I led him to the abbey. One of them broke my father's lantern, my grandfather's lantern, and I left him. That'd be Gavel's recap of the session. 
something like that. But no, look, we'll, we'll figure that out. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, it's been lovely having you all here. Um, if you're watching us on uh, Twitch, stay stay around. We're going to go raid another channel and pass on the love. I can see, <clears throat> excuse me, see we had some lovely raiders come in. Gavel's voice is harsh on my throat. I would prefer if we don't have <laughs> Gavel come back again. Um, <laughs> we'll have um, a <laughs> curse of Gavel. Uh, we'll have a uh, we'll have a have a lovely raid into a lovely channel. Thank you so much, lovely raiders, for coming and joining us. Um, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube or listening on the podcast, thank you so much. If you could hit that uh, subscribe button if you've enjoyed it, or the thumbs up button, or the comment button, or all three, that would be amazing. And uh, remember, if you wanted to join our little private Discord, the uh, the YouTube membership pathway is now open, and you are rewarded with lots of different points that you can use to spend on advantage, disadvantage during the sessions, even creating NPCs that we will use during the sessions. Um, and that is the Tempest Adventuring Guild membership. So make sure if you are interested, we would love to have you come and join us. But from all of us here tonight, stay safe, stay well. We will see you all on Wednesday for our homebrew Return of the Giants campaign. Until then though, have a lovely evening and we'll see you guys again really, really soon. Farewell everybody, bye. 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 See you everyone. Thank you.